0: Welcome to Your Ambitious Life Podcast. My name is Pileka Petanakis, and I'm a former struggling optician turned successful social marketer and a six-figure entrepreneur. If you're looking to uplevel your life and the impact in this world while creating more time and financial freedom, you've come to the right place. My goal with this podcast is to help you see the potential in yourself so you can enjoy more of what you want to be, do, and have. Thanks for pressing play and let's get right into it. Hello, hello, everyone. Happy Thursday. And I am so excited about this podcast episode that we're actually recording here while we're live on Facebook today's guest is somebody who is i don't know i can't even put this into words she has inspired me so much she's such a little rocket ship and i just feel like the world needs to meet more people like her so who i have on the line here today is shanda right she's actually from vancouver island just like myself but she's a former radio show host who was head over heels in debt. And now she's flipping houses in Texas, trading Forex, um, educating ladies about financial literacy. And she's done a total 180 on her life in the last few years. It's just such an inspiring story. And I feel the world, the world just needs to know what's going on with you so welcome to the show Shanda thank you so much I'm
1: so excited to be here I have to throw it back to you like watching what you've built and how you work well with women and just your desire to continue learning and empower and inspire along the way while also like being such an adventurer it inspires me so it's such
0: it's so incredible to be here thank you so much yeah oh my gosh and you know what talk about the universe aligning thing so we did not planned this but we showed up in the same outfit with eyeglasses with bell sleeves like I, I i have no words like this was just meant to be at this time and uh with the top buns and glasses and everything so but i would love for you shanda to maybe talk a little bit about your story so first of all how I know it's a bit of a personal question maybe but how did you end up with so much debt? I think it's more than your average person was head over heels in and how did you you know how did you get to where you are right now
1: let's um yeah it's kind of interesting so what happened for me is I got a job I was working at the radio station and I was being paid well and I um I well, I guess I'll rewind a little bit. So I was a teenager and as a teenager, my mother was in a car accident that left her unable to work. So she had a mild traumatic brain injury that caused seizures and migraines and she couldn't drive, she couldn't leave her home. And so she was the major breadwinner in our, in our home. So that was a really big, like it affected our lives. And I watched what it did for her. And I, I saw that the ability to earn income was not, uh, com- it's not something you could count on to be there. You know, you could have an injury you could have to your mind or your body um, or a life situation that takes over. I see it happen with people who are, you know, they're going through a divorce or they're going through death in the family. Like, you know, having the mental and physical and emotional capacity to work isn't guaranteed. And I saw that at a young age. And so I looked around at the people that I knew and I saw some people that were successful and some people that weren't, you know, I grew up on welfare um, for a portion of my childhood. And so when I saw these people who were living very much check to check. And then I saw these other people that were not. <laughs> so I would ask everyone who had money. I was like, so, <laughs> because my mother was so wise. She never said, you, we can't afford that. She did not. She said, just cause we grew up broke doesn't mean we have to grow up poor. That was something that she said. She didn't want to plant that mindset in us. And so she always would say, yes. So if mom, can I have a bike? Yes okay, cool. How do I get the bike? She's like, with your own money. I was like, okay, how do I get my own money? And so I started my first jobs when I was nine, 10, 11, 12, and doing that just to have the things that I wanted. And so I equated money with freedom. And I, and then I saw that money was not something that I could necessarily physically earn for my whole life. So that whole thing happened when I was young and just getting into the world. um, And so my grandfather said something to me, he says, if you don't make money while you sleep, you'll work till the day you die. And then my stepdad showed me compound interest and he says, okay, so here's this, here's this curve that starts very low and it slowly builds and ultimately it starts going right to the sky. And he told me that the later you start, the more of the, the big high end you cut off because money doubles Mm -hmm. every seven, like the, the rule of 72, that concept of investing in compound interest. And he also said that, because he was taking Robert Kiyosaki course, and he said that every every millionaire has a portion of their proceeds, like a portion of their portfolio in real estate. And so here I'm equating money with freedom, investing with the only way to make money that I could not have to worry about my physical capacity all the time, and with a, a bunch of energy and abundant very little experience. So I tried everything. I I took my student loan out and I got an RSP and then I took my tax refund and I paid down the student loan. And I learned a lot in that experience. And then when I was 19, like I said my mother couldn't work, she didn't have a job, but I did. And so we partnered on a project and then I bought her out and I held that property for some time. And then I did that again and again and again. And so I ended up with some very poor investment choices financially because I was just eager to get into the market. I was like, all RRSPs are good. All real estate is good. All rentals make money. Nope, not true. Incorrect. (laughs) So I, out of a genuine desire to win, went out, got the good job, bought the rental properties, started investing in RRSPs and stocks and mutual funds. And I started this in 2009. I knew it was low, buy low, sell high. It makes basic sense. Um, Except for that's not real. (laughs) So yes, buy low, sell high. But I ended up in this situation where I was spending every dollar I made because I wasn't taught how to save. And then anytime something would break in my life, in my home, or there was just an unexpected expense, I would put that on my credit card. And so I ended up with these, these properties that were cash flow negative, that were, that I would spend five to 10 hours per month minimum working on because they had property, there was tenants moving out, people would, you know, leave stuff behind and some of the other damage I don't even want to talk about, you know, and then you've got regular maintenance on these homes. And so I'm spending every weekend in construction projects. I'm spending every dollar on this stuff and then some, and it just took over. And I did the math and I would have made more money serving tables for the same number of hours. And I guarantee you had more fun, but it just ended up being this, this negative flow thing. Even that investment, that RRSP that I got, which for the Americans is like a 401k, that one actually ended up costing me money because of the fees that I didn't understand. So although I learned a lot in the experience of getting into a million dollars in debt, um, the problem was I couldn't just get my way out. It's not like I could just sell everything and run. I actually had more debt than I had assets. And so then I had to look at my spending. Oh wait, I've got a $2,500 a month minimum payment on my credit cards. What do I do about this? not making enough money to cover that so i started learning the process from there on in and getting really diligent with my daily spending investing in personal development to learn how to be wise with my money learn how to make my money grow for me learn how to pay off my debt um and it was just it was one step at a time and just out of a genuine desire to win but it but i had no mentors teaching me the difference between good investments in real estate and bad investments in real estate and good investments in the stock market and bad investments in the stock market and so i made a lot of mistakes along the way and there i was in dollars in debt and i'm so grateful that i found people that could teach me how to get out of that hole
0: yeah oh for sure well i think it's so cool that you had people as a child kind of trying to put that entrepreneurial bug into your ear because you know we always say that people's money mindset, it starts with their home, what comes from home, but also the school system, right? The school system that tells us that we have to get the good job, we have to have good grades so that we could get the good job working for somebody else until we're 65 or often older. So I think it's so cool. Like I never had that entrepreneurial kind of background myself because my parents would always go to work and they still do go back in Europe. That's just how they're wired. But um, I do have a question, like, did you have, like, with all that debt piling up, you must have been stressed out, like, I cannot even imagine, like, how you would sleep at night, but did you have some sort of, like, a breaking point where you were like, no, I, I need to make a change, something needs to change, like, did you ever have, like, a defining moment where it was like, yep, nope, I'm done? It's so funny,
1: and I think, kind of, kind of. Um, so the first thing that happened is I just was on the mission for more money. I thought more money was the answer to everything, right? So I was going to any business opportunity that I could. I was looking at every investment that I could. I was at every seminar that I could get my hands on. I just wanted to learn. And I was so hungry to win. And I, I thought it took this much effort. I thought it took 100 hours a week to win. I thought that was the recipe. And Bob Proctor said, in a conference I was on just a few weeks ago, he's like, working for money is the worst way to make it. I'm like, Yes. I learned that the hard way. So I was just on this mission. And so I ended up meeting my mentor at a business meeting. And then she ended up coaching me and connecting me to other mentors. Um, There was definitely a moment where I decided to start investing in myself and my future. And it was because Melanie, who's my mentor and now business partner and friend, said, I will not work with you unless you go to a Danny Johnson conference. Like, absolutely not. You're going to go. It's in two weeks. It's $2,500. We're going to DC. We're going to be there for three days. Like we're going. And I was like, okay, I guess we're going to DC. I hadn't left the country in years. Like, where's my passport? So <laughs> I didn't know. So when I was at that conference and I really saw, she asked a question. She's like, out of all the money you've made over the last five years, how much do you have left? And it was not enough. And I was like, oh, my goodness. And that kind of inspired me to go and start taking my finances more seriously. Um, And so that was probably one moment. It didn't change everything for me, though. It just started me on the journey. The moment that changed everything was when I was in Nicaragua. I went with a group of people from Danny Johnson to do some service work in Nicaragua. And we went to Chinandega, which is the poorest part of the poorest Nation in the Western Hemisphere, and so we're seeing extreme poverty. And I'm in this space, and they're happy, and they're peaceful, and they're respectful, and they're kind to each other, and they're dancing and celebrating because people are there to support them, and they have so little. Like they feed their children mud, and we, we brought water and resources, and you know we were there to help, but you know just seeing how backwards we had it, and I'm like. Money's not the point. Stuff is never going to make our life easier. It's just more stuff to maintain. it's more bills to pay. And I realized that we I spent so much of my life buying stuff I don't need to impress people I don't like and therefore I had to do a bunch of stuff I didn't want to do. Great. And so I just I just my heart broke and it changed my whole perspective that like life is for living and money works for me. I don't work for it. and I'm going to figure that out. and I just continued to, believe that if they can be happy in their space I will find a way to be happy in the richest nation in the world so that was like the defining moment for me where it was like no more playing or sitting on a Mm
0: -hmm. track wheel. yeah oh wow I literally got goosebumps from it because it's so true um they always talk about these third world countries and how people are dancing and beating their drums and everybody's smiling and they're happy although they they have next to nothing and here we are complaining about you know that i don't know that the almond milk is out in a store <laughs> right like, really? the, the, yeah, like they're so.
1: having, having clean water in your home that's drinkable
0: puts us in like the top five percent in the world wealthiest people it's definitely such a perspective thing so you have so many things going on in your life these days you are Uh, Flipping Houses in Texas. That one, I'm still like, wow, this is like the coolest sounding thing ever. It's probably so much work. But uh, then you also trade Forex and uh, are out on that market. And then you also coach other ladies to do better financially. You have so, so much going on, like how do you stay focused and how do you kind of balance it all out? I know that balance isn't even a thing that we should really strive for. But like, how do you do it all? Uh,
1: that's a good question. So I, um, I'm really attuned to what works for me. Like if something doesn't feel good, then I don't keep it in my life. So the energy drains, those places where, you know, you give, but there's no energy returned, whether it's a coaching client, it's an opportunity, it's um, anything, You know, um, I just work really diligently to make sure that my energy and my environment, my friendships are positive, uplifting, kind, productive, that we're moving towards something. So everything in my life has the same vibration or the same energy. So that's the first thing that I do. And I, I stay very focused with my yoga and my meditations, my mantras, my I am statements, my gratitude journal, like all that stuff that just keeps everything energetically like in that space for me. Um, And then the other thing is that I just have one statement that drives me every day. And it's who loses if I don't win.
0: Ooh. And so who loses if I don't win? Who loses? Oh my gosh. I'm going to write this one down.
1: So I have an avatar, right? We all have an avatar of who we're serving. And for me, I serve people who are just like me. Like, I'm looking for the people who are in a job, who have hit a glass ceiling, who can't move up, who are doing their best, who are working their butts off, that are trying to create financial freedom for them and their family, and they're just taking two steps forward and one step back. And that frustration, but also that like real champion spirit, like they, they want to win in a big way. Mm -hmm. Um, and they want to do it on their terms with their time and their energy. So this is the person that I'm talking to and the world is going to tell them that, you know, they have a good job. They should be happy you know, why can't they just be satisfied with what they have? Why can't, you know, maybe if you just didn't talk so much or you weren't so bold, then you'd get further ahead in the corporate workplace. Maybe if you, you know, wore more makeup or were a different gender or, or race, or you were in a different city, or maybe if you moved, or maybe if you didn't stay home with your kids or whatever the situation is, like maybe that's the thing that if you didn't do that, you could have this. And just that, um, that corporate space that doesn't allow people with an entrepreneurial spirit to really thrive and investors who are just lost. Um, and so whether they're starting, so I think of it as like a success path. I don't know if you've, you've done a success path, but for me, I do like a success path for my clients. So at first they're frustrated and they just want more money. That's all they want. They want more money. So we look at different options. Some of them have a hundred grand in the bank. And if you have a hundred grand in the bank, we can go flip houses. If you don't have a hundred grand in the bank, that's a problem. We should work on that. So that's why all the other coaching and resources come into play at that point, whether it's, you know, connecting them to an Academy where they can learn how to trade or connecting them to someone that can teach them about digital currency, or it's helping them learn how to have a drop shipping store so they can increase income in their home. Then I help them decrease expenses. Then I help them move into investing and doing it at a high rate, like 10% or more a year. And so it's it's really just a matter of where they're starting. Most people that I work with don't have $100,000 liquid capital. And so mm-hmm. that's why all the other pieces fit so well for me. I just like, okay, how much money do you have and what are your goals? And it just decides where they fit. But all of it aligns for me because it's all about money working for us.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So I would love for you to leave the listeners here with maybe a couple of tips, maybe three tips um, that you may have for people who are hugely in debt and they don't even know where to start. Like, do you have any sort of tips for them, like the first steps that they could be taking or directions they should be looking at?
1: Yes. So I'll give you a couple of the first tips and yeah, absolutely. I love that question. So the first thing that you want to do is you want to print off all of your bank statements for the last three months of every card that you use. You want to go through that bank statement. Look for anything that is non-essential and highlight it. Anything that is essential, you want to separate into variable and fixed. So you're going to look at what I call fat, which is the extra in your budget, the stuff that's non-essential like your Starbucks. And then the things that are essential, like your lights. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and just analyze your fixed expenses and decide where can you cut? I believe that if you're in debt, you should not have cable. You owe someone money. Like, and I, I haven't replaced it. I still don't have a TV, but for me, that's a belief system. I believe you owe someone money. Like you shouldn't be spending that kind of time, especially on something like television, that's so Mm. not helpful. Um, but that being said, you know, some people will, it's, 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 you have to stop being an ostrich before you can change anything. You have to know where you are, just know where you want to go Then you have to know how to get there. So the first step is to figure out where you are complete account audit. So you want to look for your fat. You want to look at your expenses, see what you can reduce. And one of the things that I'll tell you the most is it's usually food. There's tons of $10 and under recipes on the internet. Go and find them. Whole chickens are one of my favorite hacks. You can just make a whole chicken, and it makes like so many meals. It's crazy, especially when you make it into soup. So um, the first thing is an account on it. The second thing is you want to look at your income. Um, the goal, percentage wise, should be to live on about fifty percent of your income after tax. And so there is, um, I recommend ten percent giving because I believe in karma. I think that we reap what we sow. When you come from a heart of knowing that we have more than enough, it changes the energy and it changes um, and money's energy. So the more that we can stay in gratitude and we can stay in overflow, the more that we can attract to us. So giving 10%, I recommend um, saving 10%, investing 10%, using 10% for fun and then 10% for... Um, uh, Yeah, debt, giving, investing, saving, debt, and fun. Those are the five. So yeah, and so if you take your 10%, now most people, their living expenses are not 50%. Of their income. And that's where we have to go and make more money. So the next step would be to look at ways that you can make more money. So the third tip that I have is look at what you can sell, look at what you can flip on marketplace, look at what businesses you can start for under $500 or $1,000, because there are many. And if you don't have the financial capital, you're going to have to bring a sweat equity, which means you're going to have to put some work in, you're going to have to put some time in, you're going to have to develop some skills, you're going to have to talk to some people. And so you can. If you have money, like I said, you can just go flip houses, you can start a business where you're a silent partner, but if you don't have that yet and you're drowning in debt, you want to know where you're, where you're at, you want to know where, what your goals should be financially in terms of the percentages, and then you want to go and make the difference that you need. I believe that our cash flow assets should pay for our residual bills. So, we should have ongoing residual income. We should have ongoing cash flow income. Um, people make the common mistake of believing their home is an asset. It is, sure, but it's not going to cash flow. It's not making you money. So, using your money to make you money is really the key to financial independence. And as soon as you have enough residual income or cash flow income to pay your bills, now you're actually free. And so that's what I would focus on in that third step is really finding ways that you can start a company, a business, an opportunity, um, an investment, a cash flow stream that's going to help you um, go from there. And so those are the, the three for sure. And if you have any questions about that, I have courses coming up in January that I actually walk through and do account audits with people and help them analyze 10, 12, 15 different income sources. And we look at that. And so um, I'm really, really excited. We had a lady who is in her 20s, pay off 35 grand worth of debt in the last four weeks. I have another lady who's added five streams of income in literally four weeks, like seeing women retire and just, just with the trainings and the skills. And it's, it's an independent company. So it's not associated with any, um, with any other large organization. It's one that my business partner started and I'm, you know, right alongside there with her. And so it's, it's definitely open to anyone from any different company, any different organization or anywhere in the world. Cause we host it all online so um that's been my favorite thing in the world is to help people actually learn how instead of saying give me your money or you know give me your debt we'll write it off like just actually giving them the skills to do it so taking ownership is the most
0: important thing absolutely and that's what what it's all about it comes down to education no matter what it is in life and that's just a part of it these three tips alone could change someone's life like Oh my gosh, everybody print out your statements and do the one, two, three that Shanda just gave you. But um, if people would like to kind of get in touch with you or, or chat with you more, what is the best way for them to contact you, Shanda? It's definitely
1: Facebook or Instagram. So at the Shanda Wright on Instagram and then it's Shanda Wright on Facebook, which can be a little trickier to find. So the T-H-E Shanda, S-H-A-N-D-A Wright, W-R-I-G-H-T
0: um, on
1: Instagram is usually the best way.
0: Perfect. Well, thank you so much for hopping on here with me today. It's always so much fun chatting with you. You're just such a ray of sunshine and, uh, you have an amazing day and thank you everyone for listening. Thank you so much, Pile. I just love you to pieces. And just so that you know,
1: anyone who has the pleasure of working with Pile, she is one of the most heartfelt leaders that I have worked with. She is kind and diligent and curious and supportive and positive. And just you're very lucky to be working with her. So thank you again, Pile, for having me. And you know, I'm just uh, grateful that we are passive crossed and we get to do life together.
0: Absolutely, you're such a sweetheart. Have an amazing day. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening to Your Ambitious Life Podcast. If you like this show, please leave a review for me on iTunes. Until next time.